Thanks for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. And before we get into today's topic, um, we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to some really special people that we got the chance to meet. Um, Several of them have said they're going to start listening to the podcast, so we have to obviously shout them out. Oh, for sure. So we just came back about a week ago from Scranton, Pennsylvania, home of the office. Nice. Big office fans. And you were like totally, you were like geeking out like. Oh, well, oh, that's the sign, and well, that's the, and like it, it was fun. Well, because for those who don't know or maybe don't care, the beginning credit uh, scene of the intro of The Office is actual footage of Scranton, Pennsylvania. John Krasinski, who plays Jim, like went there and took the footage. Mm-hmm. So I was actually really excited to see some of it. But our wonderful tour guide, Bridget, she uh, picked us up and was there for the weekend. Um, she took us and she's like, well, we replaced the sign. So it I wasn't the same sign. And then they just a couple months ago replaced the pen paper that's at the beginning and right. put Dunder Mifflin. So that wasn't there. Nice. Um, but I did take some pictures and videos and I was kind of nerding out because we're big office fans. But if you want to see the actual sign, we just go to the mall. Go to the mall. my understanding. That's what so, she said. Yeah. Yes. It's in their mall. You can't get rid of it now, obviously. It's yeah. in the office. And we are hoping to be back. So I always told Kara, like if when we go to Scranton, Let's make our own version yeah. of the office intro. How awesome would that be? We probably could with the footage I got. We just yeah. are we're never good at getting pictures of like we are the during worst. the event. Yeah. We're just like yeah. we're just there. Um, Self promotion is not really our thing. No, no. So you promote us <laughs> for yeah. us. Yes, yes. You do no. it for us. No, but we do wanna we do wanna give a shout out to everyone who came to their diocesan bold and beloved retreat. Um it was an amazing weekend. I feel like the Lord did a quick work within my own heart, even through speaking and getting to um, meet all of the women there. It really felt like we were just among sisters throughout the weekend, plus Fred. Yeah, uh, I was there too. And Father Jonathan. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we did have a couple of men there, but it was just, it was very beautiful. And we were so grateful for so many um, wonderful women who we met. And it was so clear that God wanted to do so much. I was blessed among women. Yes, you were. Yes. Yeah, but we just want to give a shout out and thank them and thank the wonderful team in the Diocese of Scranton um, for bringing us. But also, you guys are just awesome. Like, right. we were kind of in awe yeah. um, of how family feel uh, yes. that you guys had yeah. with one another. Yeah, as, as a diocesan staff, um, it, it was amazing. Yeah. And it was inspiring because sometimes people get down on diocesan ministry. And I saw the opposite in Scranton. It yeah. was beautiful to see. Yeah. Loved every minute of it. I, Before we went, when we were on our way, I told Kara, the most impactful event I've ever done or been a part of as a participant was, funny enough, a women's conference. You weren't even a participant. I you was, planned I, it. I was the guy, like, I planned you it. You were the coordinator, I, yeah. I was the, I was the gopher, all those things yeah. the day of. Um, but the talks, everything about it was just it was very impactful. And so that I told Kara, like, no pressure, Kara, but that's what you got to, you're up against. And it felt like, I felt like this was even more rewarding, even more fruitful, even more beautiful. So when I say I was blessed among women, I truly was. Prayer ministry, Kara was one of my favorite, favorite parts, uh, being able to pray with all the ladies there. Yeah. It's just something that we, we love to do. It wasn't necessarily like a planned part of it, but at the end of the second night, we're like, anybody who wants to be prayed over, we would love to pray over you. And we were expecting to go into the prayer room and just kind of sit and chat for a little while. And we didn't think anybody was going to be in there, but we were praying for probably two and a half hours with people. That's beautiful. Yeah. And if you were there and we'd love to hear back from you. Yeah. Like, uh, drop us a line, go to drawnear.me, hit that contact button. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. You're all a blessing to us too. For sure. 
Um, so we would uh, we would like to talk today about I think well before we do that because I actually think they're related. <laughs> We're gonna do Alexio scripture of Genesis thirty two. And when I first read it, I was like, "Is this the right passage? Did you send me the right one?" Because I was a little bit confused. And now I think it's actually gonna be perfect um, because I think sometimes. Well, should I should I ruin it and tell him what it's about? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's um, Jacob wrestling with God, and I think sometimes in a lot of ways we all wrestle with God mm-hmm. and the things that He's trying to do in our life, but also work within us. And I would say that um, maybe Project Timothy has been one of those, at least in my own heart, where I'm like, um, you know, am I trusting that God's going to do this? Am I, you know, and like it's been a three-year process of wrestling and trusting with God. And so before we get, dive into uh, the scripture passage, I do want to do one more um, one more push for Project Timothy. For anybody who doesn't know, um, Project Timothy is our, our summer mentorship program, hopefully one day, not just the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, See the ICM Movement episode yeah. linked in the show notes. Yeah, now. listen to the ICM Movement episode. Um, but we are doing it this summer and, uh, we've been blessed to partner with, uh, St. Augustine Indian Mission, which is a parish that's near us. And they, um, they are, they've been a blessing just completely on board with absolutely everything. Um, so if you know of any young adults who would like to come and do Project Timothy this summer, um, please send them our way. They can either go to our website, um, which is linked in the show notes, or they can um, go to the Project Timothy website. So it's www.projecttimothy.me if you want to know more about what it is or how to apply. Um, but with that, we are in need of funding. Um, and because of the partnership with this parish, uh, everything is tax deductible. So if that helps you to want to give. Um, but we are fundraising we need $27,000 for the summer, and that is including all of the stipends that um, that all of our missionaries receive. It's including the trainings. It's including retreat weeks um, and all of the travel, everything. So um, if you think that another person will give, hopefully they will as well, and maybe contact people who you think will give. But we also need you to give because we need $27,000, oh. which is a big ask. Um, but we're very excited for this this summer. And yeah, just trusting that God, like once you, once you really stop wrestling with him, it's so beautiful to see what he does within your own heart. So it's been several years of kind of like, no, not me. No. What is this? And Mm. just completely trusting him, um, is really beautiful. So with that, we want to do the scripture reading. Yes. So we'll, it's if you want to follow along, it's Genesis 32 and starting at verse 22. At first reading the scripture passage might seem weird. Because it is. It is. Like, I, yeah. like this is a strange passage, and it's one of the most perplexing passages in all of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a simple Google search will demonstrate. Oh, yeah. And so it's about Jacob. Back up a little bit. Jacob was the trickster. He tricked Esau, his brother, out of his birthright. Uh, he steals the blessing from Esau, and then he's forced to to flee for his life because Esau was out to kill him. He was mad about the birthright and especially mad about uh, not getting Isaac's blessing, mm-hmm. their father. And so Jacob goes on. He uh, goes to live with Laban. When he falls in love with Rachel, works seven years to win Rachel's hand, only to discover Leah is the one he's going to get married. So he works seven more years for Rachel's hand. He, he prospers while he works for Laban. And they come to a place where they need to separate. And so... Jacob wants to return home to his country where he's from, but he's fearful of his brother Esau. Mm -hmm. 
that's kind of the back story. And right before this is Esau's coming to meet him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's sent out gifts to Esau and uh, he's hoping for the best, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to say the least. So we'll go ahead and read it just like we would in Alexio if you have the benefit of being able to just relax and close your eyes and listen. Um, please do so and allow a word or a phrase to come to your mind. If not, listen and hopefully some of the things that we share are able to speak into your life. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Tell me, I pray, your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his thigh. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the sinew of the hip which is upon the hollow of the thigh, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh on the sinew of the hip. What words stood out to you in that? You can see why we're like, it's going to appear as a weird a weird passage at first. Well, it wasn't sinew. You know. <laughs> it wasn't that. And uh, There's so much here. I think a man wrestled with him. Until the breaking of day. Like that stands out to me. I'm cheating because it's it's not a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the whole phrase. Yeah. But if I had to narrow it down, I guess it is that wrestle. Wrestle stands out to me. Why? Um, because I've had moments like that in my life. Um, I remember a holy week uh, a few years ago, Kara, where it, uh, it felt like the Lord was just out to completely wreck me, rebuild me. But it felt like that, that I'm having to wrestle with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we can assume here. Like most people understand this to be, whether it's an angel or a man, it is the Lord mm-hmm. in a real sense that he's wrestling with. Well, and he says that too. He says, your name is Israel for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So he's, I mean, he's kind of identifying himself a little bit there mm-hmm. in that this wrestling is, is... Um, representing that Jacob is fighting God and wrestling with God. Can I change my answer? Yeah. Because actually, as as I was praying about this this morning, sorry. Sometimes when I when I read it for everyone else to hear, like my brain shuts off in the processing mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Um, but as I was praying with this this morning, the the phrase that stood out to me, the word I should say, was striven with God and with men. That really stood out to me. Because immediately I thought of the other time we hear something similar. Mm-hmm. It's during that time of the hidden life of Jesus at Nazareth where the phrase, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature with God and men mm-hmm. comes. And I found myself thinking about, is part of that growing in wisdom and stature for us wrestling with God? 
like striving with God. Yeah. I don't know. That just stood out to me. We'll dive more into that. Yeah. I know we will, but. Well, I think uh, mine actually kind of goes with that because the part that stood out to me was in um, verse 25 where it says, when the man, which um, represents God, saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh and Jacob's thigh was put out of the joint. Yeah, that's way more than one word. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, the word touched there could also more accurately be um, understood to mean struck. He struck the hollow of his thigh. So I guess what I what I took this as understanding in my own life, I guess, is I wrestle with God all the time, all the time. Like most recent was probably um, less than a month ago where I'm just like, God's trying to do a lot in my life and I am just shutting it down immediately. I'm like, no, 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 later. And sometimes actually looking back at patterns in my life, I've always kind of attributed it to like holiness, like Mary, where she's like, and she pondered it in her heart. And so I've always like, when he does something or wants to do something or says something, I receive it. And then like we always say, put it on a shelf. Like I pondered it in my heart. But really, I think a lot of what I'm realizing is like, no, that was me wrestling with God. Like, I don't want to deal with that right now, but thanks. So I'd take it and then like put it away. Mm. And that was me wrestling with God. And so the part here that stands out to me is that he struck the hollow of his thigh. Like Jacob was fighting with him until the break of dawn. Okay. He, he, what is, what does it say that he left there alone after sending his family across? And then he, he fights with this person until the break of dawn. That's a long time. Like most of the, most of the most impactful times of prayer in my life are usually when I'm about to go to sleep. But, um, I can't imagine fighting with God and having the, like prayer until the break of John, like mm. you can, you do that all the time. <laughs> you can, but, um, but no, this is until the break of John. This is a lot of fighting. And, and here he's like, I see that he, I'm not going to win against Jacob. Like he's continuing, he's continuing to fight against me. And so what I read in this, he struck his thigh and then, you know, it's thrown out of joint is that when we fight with God, we are hurt. We're the ones who are hurt. And I've seen that a lot in my own life where if I if I continually push against what God is trying to do in my life, mm. I'm the one who's hurt. Right. And he's, you know, he's not bringing about the good in my life. And mm. so that's kind of what stood out to me was he struck the hollow of his thigh and his thigh was put out of joint and he wrestled with him. Right. So even, even in those moments where we're still hurt because we continue to wrestle with God, we continue to right. wrestle with God. Yeah. Like we, we don't learn that lesson yet. Yeah. That part, if I had to pick a third part that stands out to me. Is this like secretly my favorite verse in the Bible? I don't know. It might be. Anyways, but like the fact that he left that encounter with a limp. Yeah. And it stayed with him the rest of his life. Like there's a certain sense in which we encounter God and we contend with him the way he is inviting us to. It should leave our walk, if you will, changed for the rest of our lives. I don't think just our walk should be changed. I actually feel like there's, I think there could be two understandings of this. One, when we encounter God, our walk should be changed, like for the better, if we're talking about conversion. But also, if we continue wrestling with God, then we're leaving broken. Like, I mean, mm. he's leaving broken. Right. His, I feel like some, some things are happening before this, which I think we, we are going to talk about, but he's walking away hurt and limping. Like, don't we all do that if we continue to fight with God and not let him bring healing? Mm. Like, yes, there's, there's the good walking away different in a conversion, but also I think a lesson in 
walking away hurt more hurt or at least not healed. Yeah. You have to. And I think Jacob's backstory is such an important part of this. Uh, His name, his name means trickster. And like, if you look at his life, that that was kind of a pretty shady deal, you know, with the birthright thing. But also like Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup because he was hungry. Yeah. And so, I don't know, you see in them you, the world in a lot of ways. Uh, how many of us sell what belongs to us for what what should belong to us, I guess, in terms of from God's perspective for just material immediate things. Immediate gratification. Are, immediate gratification, mm-hmm. things that are passing. Yeah. So Jacob, I think in a certain sense, he has a vision for what should be but he doesn't go about it the right way. Mm -hmm. And that kind of pattern continues even down to the blessing. Isaac is very dissatisfied with Esau and how he's living his life. He's grieved. He and his wife, Rebecca are grieved by him marrying uh, a a woman that was not a part of their faith. And yet Isaac wanted to give him his blessing. Mm -hmm. Jacob and Rebecca, uh, his mother, like they, conspire against Isaac and come up with this plan so that he can steal that blessing. Jacob goes on and he prospers and all these great things happen, but he himself ends up tricked and pretty savagely, actually. (laughs) Like he worked, gave seven years of his life to marry Rachel that he loved only to discover it's Leah. And in those days it was a lot easier because of the way the veil works and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That'd be harder to pull off nowadays, I feel like. Right. Um, he works seven more years. So he himself gets tricked. He works for Laban longer. He leaves with great riches, but like his life isn't going super well. Right. You know, I think he's striving, but it's, there's a lot of things that are happening and he's trying to process all those things in his typical old trickster ways to Mm -hmm. some degree, even Laban, like the Lord allows it to happen and blesses how he leaves with uh, riches from, from staying with Laban. It's at Laban's expense, <laughs> which angers him. Who who among us would work 14 years for oh, no. something like that, you know? Yeah. I love you, but do I love you that much? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, now, there are also probably people who would. Like, we have, right. you know, you have your dream and everything. But, yeah, right. 14 years. And then after seven to be tricked and then just, like, imagine how devastating that would be. Absolutely. Yeah. And to stick with it for seven more years. Yeah. And... And then give him six more years of of his life. And, you know, it's so at the same time, Jacob is not a quitter. Right. He's by that point in his life, he's demonstrated he's not a quitter. Yeah. And he's going to face what will be ultimately be his biggest challenge. And that's that fight with his brother Esau that goes all the way back to the womb, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a crazy story where. He tries to snatch Esau out of... Yeah, he grabs his heel. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the strangest passage of scripture. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he, he that wrestle, that not quit, that tenacity appears to be part of Jacob's personality. Well, I think maybe that's what God means too when this man says that you have prevailed against God and man. Right. Like maybe there is... I don't know that I would want to prevail against God because right. like, that means, you know, I'm fighting him to mm. the point where I'm not letting him do something. But I see his his prevailing against man in his perseverance in this 14 years. And I don't know. I think one thing I would actually like to like to point out is the name change. Right. Because in scripture, when someone's name is changed, 
it's very significant and it's it's God is giving you a mission. You have a very special part to play in right. salvation history. Mm. You can see that with Abram and Sarai, Abraham and Sarah. You can right. see it with Simon becomes Peter, the rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and now here, Jacob, Israel. Mm-hmm. And so you see like when, when someone receives a name change, it's a very, they have a very significant role. Yeah. And so I like that here. It's, you know, what's your name? It's Jacob. I think it's pulling in all of the meanings of Jacob. Trickster, mm-hmm. you know, biting at the heel, like all of these things that, that Jacob's name means. It's like calling them to mind for Jacob, like almost like a review of his Mm, life. Right. Like look at the ways that you have treated others and others have treated you by your name, simply by your name and your identity. And then he says, but I call you Israel because you have prevailed against God and man. Israel means God perseveres. Yeah. And he who contends with God is another way to interpret that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's incredible to think about. Yeah. I would actually say that like that meaning of the name speaks even more into so I think looking at his name Jacob, it was looking at like his past and mm-hmm. what his life was like in the past. But Israel, I think, is looking forward to everything that is to come. Like we come from Jacob, right? Mm-hmm. It's the people of Israel. And then through the people of Israel comes Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like we come from this line. And so I actually think it's really beautiful to see like it means God perseveres. It means he's going to persevere through everything. He might not persevere in this moment or through this person, but he's going to persevere in his plan mm-hmm. and his goodness and right. in his will. Yeah. So that, I think there's great meaning in this new name. I love how you point out the name change and the significance of that in scripture, because up to this point, it's the God of Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. But from this point on, it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see that become how he's referred to yeah. in the God of Israel, of course. So it's like that wrestling is how Jacob makes God his own, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a struggle we all have to overcome because Jesus says, I've come that you have life and have life abundantly. He wants us to live that full life, but we are sinners and we're always fighting with him. And you noted that at the beginning and you see that that struggle here that we all have with God and that... It should be a dance before the Lord always mm-hmm. and joy, like like it was in the beginning. But instead, it is that struggle. that And it, we leave wounded, like you, like you say. But Bishop Barron says it this way, who is a holy person? Who is a holy person? One who has a limp from a real struggle with God. You can tell those who have really wrestled with God by their limp. Mm. And I love that idea. God is ultimately going to win, of course, but it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to leave you wounded because that sinfulness, that brokenness in us is so deep that God has to do something almost that radical. Mm -hmm. And we have to contend with him. But the wound, that hip for Jacob is a reminder of the work God had to do. And it takes, it takes courage, Kara, to wrestle with the Lord in that way, to not give up, to have that kind of tenacity, to grab that heel, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like Jacob, I won't let you go until you bless me. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of courage. You always point out the, the problem with, that's not who God is to me. Yeah. I see that at work here too. Yeah, to understand that a little bit like sometimes we we make god who we need him to be in that moment um instead of actually seeing god for who he is and who he tells us he is you see that at work here yeah just in the sense that 
if God is whoever we want him to be, however we envision him, there's no need to wrestle with him. Yeah. There's no need to contend with him. So you're saying there's good in the wrestling. There is good in the wrestling. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what Bishop Aaron was saying yeah. to you. We should not run away from the wrestle. Here's what match, I would you know. <laughs> here's what I would say. I would say there's I would say there's courage in the wrestling, just like you were saying, but then at a certain point there's also courage in the surrender. Because I would at least speaking from my own life, like running was what I'm associating with the wrestling. Like I was fighting God in what he wanted to do within me was the actual fighting. Mm -hmm. So I was like fighting the fighting. Does that make sense? Right. That, makes that sense. was a lot of words. I don't know if that yeah, actually makes, makes sense. sense. So in my mind, I'm like, I was wrestling with God because I was running away from what he wanted to do within me. But once, once I like finally let him do that within me, that was like the match. That was the boxing match. That right. was like the actual fighting. And so I would say, you're right. It takes a lot of courage to embrace the fight mm -hmm. with God. But then I think there comes a point where you have to have courage to then surrender to God right. because it's through the fighting that we come out, like we come out on the, on the other side, mm -hmm. you know, it's through the cross that we receive a resurrection that we're all resurrected. So there comes a point where we have to give in to God. Yeah. And even in that phrase, I will not let you go till you bless me that there's courage in that kind of hope that's saying, I believe you are who you say you are. Yeah. You are the God who you say you are. And despite everything in my life, it's still true. And so I believe you'll bless me. I believe you have blessed me. I won't let you go. Mm -hmm. And it takes that kind of courage to really go after the Lord in a sense. Yeah. Um, I think we have to be careful that we, we're not too hard on ourselves when we find ourselves in the, that time of life where we're wrestling with the Lord as if, we're doing something wrong yeah. because that's what the Lord wants. The good thing about the wrestling is that we're actually making contact with God. Yeah. We're actually like, in a way, if you think about wrestling, he's holding me yeah, and I'm holding him. That's a good place to be. Yeah, it may be wrestling. We may be having working through, through some things, but we're making contact. His arms are around me and I'm wrestling with him. And that's a good thing. Do you think someone can you know, grow in holiness and virtue without wrestling with God, without having one of those moments in their life? I think the wrestling is what gets us to that place. Just like what that what Bishop Barron said, like who was the holy person? The one who's had their walk changed. Mm -hmm. The one who has striven with God and with men and overcome and said, Lord, bless me. I yeah. really think the wrestling is part of the deal. I think a lot of people just don't share those moments maybe sometimes it's like reluctant wrestling like we're pushing God away and I think when those moments happen of of growing with God through the wrestling a lot of people don't talk about it. I'm, I'm thinking of Therese that was where my question came from because I'm like I'm trying to think did she ever have a moment where she wrestled with God and his will and if someone can remember one please tell me because I can't remember one mm. but I think she did I still would think that she did like she went through so much Right. With her mom, losing her mom and losing, you know, she had older siblings who had died before her and were in heaven. All of her sisters left her to go to the convent before she left to go to mm. the convent. Her dad struggled with dementia for years before he passed away. So, I mean, there had to be moments in her suffering where it was emotional suffering in her spiritual life right. with God. I just, her I can't Her Christmas conversion comes to mind. Her yeah. Christmas conversion comes to mind, yeah. but I don't think that was wrestling with God. Like she wanted to grow in that. She wanted to grow in her ability to stop being child 
childish. She mm-hmm. she embraced childlike, but she just felt childish. And she said she had tried for 10 years and in an instant, God changed that and healed that within her. But I can't recall in her writing a moment where she talks about like this, this intense fighting with God. Mm. But I have to imagine she did it. Yeah. I think like it's, it goes back to Bishop Aaron. Right. Like when you see their limp. I also think we can't, we can't, take away from the scripture passage that this wrestling match with the Lord is a one-time event. Oh, yeah. Like, this is not, like, pay-per-view. If you miss it, you're out. You know, this, like, chances are there's going to be a rematch. Yeah. And and some of that wrestling is going to continue throughout. He's your always life. going to win, he, but we well, win too because he brings us out better. Right, and that that's the point is that he ultimately he is going to win. Yeah. But even when we contend when we we walk away different. We walk away changed, um, and sometimes that that change is recognizing our own woundedness mm-hmm. and the things that we need to lay aside. I feel like we need to share moments in our life where we've wrestled with God and like come out on the other side. Yeah, let's. Okay, you share. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I knew you'd do that. I mean, like you said, it's not a one time. There, I feel like right. there are multiple. Well, I mentioned it earlier and, you know, it, you, you made reference to it, the keeping watch with the Lord, staying up all night praying. Like that was that Holy Week. It was a couple of years ago where the Lord was just literally wrecking me, like tearing me down and rebuilding me. It felt a bit like a wrestling and it was so fitting for Holy Week. And the most uh, pronounced, like the most extreme part of that wrestling match, I think was Good Friday, Holy Saturday. And then there was a resurrection on Sunday. It really kind of felt like that. But it was a, like, this is what you think about yourself. This is what is actually true. And it's, it's for me at that moment, that wrestling with, with God was in, this is how I've created you. This is how I've poured my love in your heart to share with others. Mm-hmm. Here's what you do. You put up walls. You push people away because you're afraid to be hurt. And so I can't love through you uh, the way I want to love through you. And so for me, that was the wrestling match. Mm -hmm. The wrestling was probably more in the, Lord, I want it to be my way. He's like, no, I want it to be my way. Mm -hmm. And then finally it's like, fine, well, I'm not going to let you go until you, (laughs) (laughs) like, you've got to do the work in me. You've got to change my heart because I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And currently we're, couple years later we're currently in another wrestling match but yeah. that's okay yeah that's part of the how this works yeah i love how it works i would say it's probably very similar like currently my i think mine's too fresh and still happening to like really talk about um but one that does come to mind um was when i was in college and i i always go back to this moment i really do because i think i'm putting it together in my life where this was like the hinge where i could have walked away changed one way or i could have walked away changed a different way and so i I, this was a moment in college i never sorry my thoughts i am never gonna shy away from who i was like i was a sinner and i was pretty good at it and i feel like I'm never going to pretend that I wasn't because I thank God every day I'm not who I was. Mm -hmm. And he's still growing every ounce of me to grow in virtue, but I will never pretend as if I was perfect for my life. You know, this was a moment in college where I was just like sinning in all the ways that you could in college. And I remember writing in my journal and it was like the shortest thing I ever wrote in my journal. And it was just, you know, God, here are all the things that I'm doing. And I listed them out and I was like, I know I shouldn't be doing them. I know it's hurting me but I don't know how to stop. 
And that was the end of the journal entry. And I, I that was probably the first time in my life I heard God, the clearest I've ever heard him speak before. And he said, I'm here. And that's all he said. And in that moment, when I say I feel like sometimes the wrestling is not necessarily the active wrestling, but in my own life, the wrestling is like fighting the match, even not not even letting it happen. Mm. That's what I did. He said, I'm here. And I just like pushed him away. I was mm. like, why would you be here right now? Like, I'm not even with you. I pretend you don't exist. Like mm. all these things. And so I was like pushing him away. And I feel like this was probably like the hinge of my um, more intense conversion. I think he's given me many conversions over the course of my life or reversions, but this was probably the hinge of this, of a, of a deeper one where I walked away changed for the better. Um, and probably a couple months later, it was for the better. In this moment, I was still fighting the fight, the bad fight, <laughs> and like pushing him away. But I would say that had I pushed him away and let him go away and constantly push him away and never open my heart to like let him back in in the moments of those the sin and the hurt um I would be a completely different person and I would have walked away with brokenness just like you know a limp I would have mm. walked away with a, a spiritual limp I would have walked away um not not receiving God and not who I am today and so it really was this moment of just knowing that he's here in the midst of the brokenness and then embracing what he wants to do in you even if it's gonna hurt right does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. There's a sense in which the wrestling is itself being honest with God. Mm-hmm. And yourself. And yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what, in that wrestling you see Jacob with the Lord, I think that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like honesty, not not pretending to be something else, not being a trickster, just being really honest with the Lord. And that, that comes through mm-hmm. in that. Um, one final thought as we, I assume, maybe come to the conclusions. We'll think of more probably, but um, I'm going to give credit to Father Mike Schmitz because I thought this was a really good point, and I didn't know how to tie it into this, but it was on my heart, and and that's the idea of we are called to wrestle with God. Absolutely. That's part of the calling. Like The wrestling is our path to breakthrough. The wrestling is our path to becoming like God. The wrestling is our path to where God becomes our God, mm-hmm. just like with Jacob. But sometimes some of us pick fights with God and wrestle with him in places he's not asking us to. Yeah, And I think that can happen with um, decisions we have to make. We're wrestling with decisions and we place all this pressure on ourselves as if um, I'm called to religious life or, or I'm not. And like there's this real struggle with, whether or not we are, whether we're not. And like the wrestling tends to be, the wanting to pick a fight tends to be, oh, I feel like God's going to want me to do that, but I I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And Mm -hmm. maybe God isn't asking you to do one or the other. Maybe God's given you the choice. Mm -hmm. Maybe God has put two beautiful options before you. Maybe you're listening and maybe it is you have, you feel a tug toward religious life. Jesus is a pretty awesome spouse. Maybe it's a tug toward this this man in your life who's quite holy, wonderful man, and you feel torn between the two. Mm -hmm. Maybe the wrestling is just accepting the fact that the Lord is giving you a choice, literally. And he's not leading you one way or the other. He's leaving the decision up to you, and he will bless you either way. But you need to meet him in that place where you accept that. Yeah. 
that makes like sense. It does. I feel like we see that a lot too with young people. Like there, there is this change in their heart where they want nothing more than to serve God or they want nothing more to bring glory with their life through him. And now they're like making decisions of where to go to college or what jobs to do. And all they want to do is, is do what God wants them to do. And there's this fear, almost this crippling fear of what if I make the wrong decision? That is not of God. God, someone, I think it was Bridget actually from Pennsylvania, shout out Bridget. She uh, she said God's language is the language of peace. It was from a homily that she heard where mm-hmm. she said her sister shouted out love, that it's the language of love, which is also probably accurate. But mm-hmm. um, the priest in his homily said, I think that God's language is the language of peace. And so often when we are following his will, there's just this sense of peace. And some, it's not going to be like a, a perfect road. It's not going to be a completely straight road. But he's always going to bless and bring you back where he needs you to be. And I think mm. there's a great comfort in that. Yeah. And he does that with Jacob. We need to end the story. How does it end with Esau? Because he's really worried about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. When he meets Esau, it's a beautiful reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And actually, maybe this can be another Alexio we do, but there's a lot of parallels between Jacob and Esau meeting and the story of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful reunion. And all all of what Jacob was afraid of doesn't happen. Yeah, They're happy to see each other. Esau greets him. Um, it's a beautiful reunion. He's worried and fearful for nothing. Nothing. And so sometimes that wrestling is also in thy will be done. Yeah. 